Happy Rocktober, everybody. This is the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Hall, and along with me, as always, is... Patrick Terry. And guess what, everybody? Birthday came a little early. We are stepping up and getting all professional and stuff. We have two microphones now. We're not... I know sharing's caring, but, you know, <laughs> I think this is going to sound better yeah. with uh, each of us having our own. So, <laughs> we're going to try this out. And fingers crossed. So, uh, we're going to start this week, as always, with what's new. Patrick, what is new? Well, I was hoping to have been talking about um, kickboxing, but that'll wait for the next time. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, class got postponed for the next week. And um, But I did take my daughter to see It Chapter 2, per her request. And... Um, Keep it short and sweet. She was scared throughout the whole thing. Okay. And uh, but she she made it through it. I was expecting her to say, "Dad, we need to go because I can't I can't survive." But she stuck through it. I thought she'd fall asleep or something because it was a long movie. But um, she was a trooper. She said even after that, she wouldn't mind seeing it again. Really? Which surprised me even, <laughs> even more than her wanting to see it. Yeah. So um. And then she even said that other scary movies, if they're coming out, she wanted to try. So okay. I was like, well, we'll see. I'll yeah. have to see them first, and then yep, <laughs> we'll yep, see. Yep. Because this one wasn't too bad. It was just mostly, I guess the language was what made it rated R, because yeah. other than that, wasn't much else. Yeah, there, this scene, there's a lot of, there's a lot <laughs> of stuff had I been her age. Yeah. Of course, I was, I'm still was, I don't know who, don't know who I'm kidding, <laughs> but especially, uh, I, I would have been definitely wussing out. She's uh, she's definitely braver than me. I I would not, <laughs> would not have been that that brave, but um, I'm glad she liked it. That's awesome. That's you may have a little horror fan on your hands. We'll see. She so. said at one point she wanted. She almost screamed. Yeah. I don't know what part it was, but she was like, but she held it in. So. I let it out. That's yeah, the whole just, point of the horror movie. Just do it. Yeah. It's like going to a comedy and just, I was going to laugh, but, you know, I held it in. So. <laughs> right. Just let it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Uh, you guys saw it in 2D, I guess? Yeah. yeah, yeah they don't have it in the 4DX anymore. I, I Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... The next movie we see that isn't that format, we're gonna we're gonna check it. You out. gonna give it a try? Yeah, okay. that'd be awesome. She'll uh, she'll like that. I still have not done 40x yet. Um, I'm not sure when. The, I'm not sure there's one out or one coming out where I'm thinking where that might be. That you know I might give it a try. But, the next one I know of for sure will probably be Bad Boys Three, but uh, nothing yeah. recent. Nothing that's coming soon. Yeah. It's, Star Wars, maybe, but I'm, there's got to be one sooner than that that I'm like, I don't know, we're in hmm. such a dumping ground. Now. Yeah, it's, it's rough. It's, it's, yeah, it's a rough time. What else you got going on, anything? Um, no, nothing else. Okay. You know, that's a pretty, pretty dry week. Like I said, I was hoping we had the kickboxing experience to talk about this okay. week, but you know, um, save that for stay next tuned time. For yeah. next time. All right. Cool. Hopefully stay we tuned survive. Hopefully we survive it. There you go. I know, right? <laughs> It's. I agree. Um, let's see. What's new with me? Um, we'll start with the kids. Grayson uh, had her last baseball game yesterday, so that's over. She had a blast. Uh, oh, I know. Two games ago, she had. I was at work. No, where was I? I was somewhere. 
Um, but she got the game ball, and that was very exciting. That's so cool. I was at work because, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't able to make it for one reason. I'm pretty sure I was at work. Yeah. And she got the game ball. She had a really, she got a hit off the coach. She made several plays. Uh, I think she was at third base and was made several plays where she actually threw it to first and all that. So, all right. Yeah, yeah. So she was so excited about that. Um, so she's finished with baseball. So now it's just dance again. So she's working on her duo performance and her team and then her regular classes. So that's she's still staying busy. Right. Uh, York is doing more drawings. He's gone from just watching videos to just looking at a picture and then copy from that, which I it's just I, I can't get over how well that he does. He just yeah he's he's definitely got a talent right there, and I asked him today he he asked me what I wanted him to draw to draw. I said I don't know. Uh, so I'm, of course it's October, so I'm already you know Halloween. Ready, so I said, I don't know, can you do Frankenstein? And it's like, I don't know, I could try. I'm like, well, it's a bunch of rectangles, so it shouldn't be too hard. Right, he actually drew a really good Frankenstein. And here, I'll see if I can pull it up for you real quick. Um, I actually ended up putting the we have two, they're actually called art frames, mm-hmm. so you can actually put an artwork in it, and then it opens up kind of like a folder. I mean, it's a picture frame, but it it opens up and it has like a little slot where you can keep old ones in there. Right. And then close it back and then it displays your current one. That's cool. Yeah, I got that at Target a while back and uh, I started out with one so York can show off his artwork. And well, then we had to start taking turns with Grayson doing it. And then, uh, so then finally I just got a second one. So each one has, can show off their artwork. Oh yeah, that's actually pretty good, isn't it? Pretty good job. That's that's so much better than I was expecting him. Right. So yeah. and I, he added the girl, I think. So <laughs> I thought that was just hilarious. That's cool. So that, that then made me think of the uh, Joss Whedon Gur Arg uh, thing he used to do in front of the Buffy episodes. Yeah. Um. So he drew, drew that, and then he drew Grayson, who's blonde headed, a uh, who's also her house is Gryffindor. So she drew Grayson. Grayson picture of her wearing a a Hogwarts robe with the Gryffindor scarf. So and that and he didn't think it turned out very well, but she loves it. I thought it looks great, but you know, between that and then he the two of them been playing. We broke out the old Wii, and uh, they've been playing a lot of the sports games on there. Classic. In addition to of course the dance ones, but yeah. his favorite one is tennis because he can beat me every single time. I may win, um, I may win around, but he'll win the entire thing. Yeah. Instead of five, he wins them all. So, because wow. um, I'm trying to think too much, instead of just hitting the ball like he's doing, and then archery is his newest one that he likes doing, and him and I both are learning on that one. Grayson still is bowling, and right, so uh, she still does really good actually. Um, and then they do the just dance game, uh, dance games, and. Grayson can follow choreography very well, so she's she's all about it. It just helps her. And then for me, I guess that's it for them. Uh, you works on fall break this week, as I'm sure your daughter is too. Yeah, she is. I, of course, I couldn't take time off, so right. So. But she'll be hanging out with my sister and my niece. There you go. So, That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah. Uh, York will be spending the day with me tomorrow, and then he'll go to Rock Zone. It's a little 
place where they teach uh, instrument lessons. He did went two weeks during the summer. Uh, he's going to go for three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and so they'll do like little camp. They'll do like little activities, and then he can still practice playing his guitar that he started learning how to play uh, over the summer. And then uh, Friday, him and his mom are going out of town. They're going to go hiking, and I think they may be going to St. Louis and going to the really awesome zoo they got there and then the art museum so he can look at some more artwork, maybe get some inspirations, I right. guess. Sound like some fun. Yeah, and then doing hiking, which more power to him. <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, and then for me, uh, this week, last this past Thursday, the 3rd, kicked off the Nashville Film Festival, which I mentioned uh, the last episode, and I've posted pictures on our fan page uh, and Instagram page that I volunteered at Thursday uh, for a few hours. It was really, I didn't really do a whole lot, but I got, to, which I, I didn't do much last year either, but right. you don't, you go to kind of meet people and kind of, you know, just talk to, to people that have mutual love for movies. Yeah. And you also go to more or less people watch those that have made the movies are going to go watch the screening of theirs. Uh, one of the ones that was playing was called Born Into the Gig, which is a documentary, which I know we live in Nashville, so seeing musicians doesn't, re- it's like a dime a dozen, but right. at the same time, it's like, well, I feel like I should know who these people are, but I don't. Uh, it's a documentary where they interview children of musicians, you know, what it was like growing up as a child of a famous musician. Right. Uh, and they actually had a few there, but I didn't recognize them until after I was home and flipping through pictures and everything. Yeah. Uh, they had uh, James Taylor's son, Ben. He was there. Uh, Bill Withers, his daughter, Corey, and Stills from Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young. Uh, his kid there also. And a bunch of people that you would just, you're like, oh yeah, they look like they're from either Bill Mead or from 12, you know, or from Music Row, so it's... Right. So I didn't realize all that. Anyways, it looked, you know, it was fun just watching everybody kind of filter in, see the excitement, just to see a movie that they all either were in or help, you know, or were excited to see. And one lady had an Abbey Road Beatles dress. It was, it's a dress of the album cover. Okay. That actually had, like, some sequence stuff. It was actually fairly cool looking... And uh, it was, it was, yeah. And there's a couple ladies that looked like they had some Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Band coats on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I was like, all right. I don't remember there being a Beatles documentary, but, <laughs> but all right. And then um, I know they have a couple more music documentaries. Uh, there's a Chuck Berry one that's playing later in the week, and coming up, or no, played I think yesterday or today. And then there's another, what's the other one? There's a Johnny Cash one okay. that's supposed to be playing. I hear it's fairly good. Um, Jojo Rabbit, uh, Taika Waititi's new movie. Uh, it's a sat- the satire one about the Nazi, about the kid growing up in Nazi youth. Yeah, that's that trailer. Uh, has the, uh, met- where he has an imaginary friend who ter- just happens to be Adolf Hitler played by the director Taika Waititi uh, for those that are like that's a, or like feel like they've heard that name he directed Thor Ragnarok and Hunt for the Wilder People he is Kiwi he's from New Zealand 
He also voiced uh, Korg in Thor Ragnarok and in Endgame. Hilarious. No, Infinity War. Sorry, wrong one. No, it was in game. Oh, yeah, it was in game. Yeah. Never mind. I knew it was one of them, but... And, uh, anyways, it they had a screening of that, too, at the festival. I really wanted to sneak in. Right. <laughs> but I'm like, no, it's probably extremely full, and I am volunteering, so I probably need to stay out to help. Right. But I really wanted to sneak in to watch it, though. And uh, a couple other movies... Uh, Let's see here. I have it on the back of the... Let me borrow that for a second. I was showing Patrick the uh, program that I uh, got when I was there. Oh, Foster Boy, which is a boy that was raised in foster care and is wanting to get on his own. And he keeps being bounced around and around. And uh, I forgot the name of the actor that's in it. I'm so prepared tonight. (laughs) Um, But he was there... uh, also co-stars Matthew Modine, who was not there. Uh, Matthew Modine from most late 80s, early 90s movies, also from the, uh, this season? No, first, one of the seasons of Stranger Things. I can't remember which one. I want to say it was the first one, but I could be wrong. I'm pulling the blank right now. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, he's one of the guys that's got white hair. Okay. Um, and then there was, there was a movie called Harpoon that played. Um, the one I really want to see, but it plays tomorrow at five, I think. I'll be taking York to Krav Maga, his martial arts class, so I won't be able to go. Is Marriage Story with Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. It's directed by Noah Baumbach, who's one of my favorites. He directs a lot of independent films, um, usually uh, starring his muse, um, Greta Gerwig, who directed Lady Bird. Um, two years ago that would, and she was up for best director for it anyways um so I've liked a lot of, I've liked all of his movies uh that he's done and so I've really kind of wanted to go see it but I'll just wait for it to go wide right uh do a wide release and I'll go see it and we'll I'll go ahead and we talk about it then it's been getting a lot of good buzz uh possible actual uh buzz for some sort of award nomination for Scarlett Johansson Adam Driver yes but probably Scar Joe on this one. Right. And it'd be nice if Noah Baumbach got his first Oscar nomination. So we'll see. Um, but there's a lot of great movies. I recommend everyone, if you can't, if you live in the Nashville area or can drive down, uh, check it out. They do have an app. So it has the schedule and everything. Plus they have a website. You can go check it out. And if you have free time, you can always volunteer uh, for every segment you volunteer which is like three hour blocks they you get a free uh stub or whatever you want to call it free uh pass there you go that's the free free pass to go to any you know to go to one of the films that's playing at the festival not any of the other ones already in theaters but ones that are actually playing at the festival i wasn't able to last year this year i'm really hoping i can so but i'm not crossing my fingers um so that's uh, that's my oh um, one last thing about the festival. I was able to they had some they got new management this year. So and I went and I volunteered opening night. So it was a little things were still trying to work out the uh, bugs and everything. But one thing they they do have new this year is a virtual reality category. So which I didn't even know was a thing. 
not virtual reality, but the movie categories for virtual reality. There we go. Um, one of the things they have is, I mean, it's just movies specifically made for virtual reality. So I thought that was kind of neat. I actually ended up speaking to one of the gentlemen that uh, made one of the movies. His name's Paul. I can't remember his last name. Um, because I forgot to grab the card out of my wallet. Right. And it, and his, uh, I'll be sure to put his information and the, his, and his, the title of his movie up on our page. So be sure to check that out. Um, I'll actually do it this week, even though I did for this episode because I forgot, I haven't gotten around to doing last episodes. So I'll be double doing it. Maybe I can do that tomorrow. Anyways, he uh, spoke to him. He's Canadian. He's from Canada. Uh, he was very excited that his film got accepted into the festival here it's first time in nashville his is basically about his is is a food uh movie so a food virtual reality movie he basically took the point of view of the ingredients that are going to go into this dish and your point of view or your pov is whatever ingredient that's being cooked and he said that it took they had a fourteen thousand dollar budget, and that's fourteen. He said that's fourteen thousand Canadian dollars. He goes, that's about eleven thousand U.S. dollars. Wow. Yeah, that's what I said too. I was like, damn, <laughs> U.S. dollars down that much. Yeah. All right, that's awesome. Um, yay. Losing value every day. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yay, strong economy. Um. Anyways, uh, he said that, and they had six days to shoot it. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> He said, uh, in the kitchen, they were using, ex- not extras, they were using actually people that are working on the movie, mm-hmm. at, you know, in, in, uh, in server and in cook attire. Right. Because they needed everybody, you know, to All kind of blend, yeah, pretty much, yeah, to blend in and to make it. And he said the camera, I guess, is probably about the size of a cube, like a... Not an ice cube, but a little bit bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they can, and I guess it's very durable because they, to flip around, he said the, it, the hardest thing was to try and hide it. Right. And obviously the time constraints. <laughs> to, yeah. um, and then he said everything from having to, and you'd have to put it in the ground because they, since it's the point of view of the ingredients, it's including ingredients that they, from the time it gets yanked out of the, Yanked out of the ground to into the kitchen, so it's all that you follow the entire journey. Okay, and I'm like, this sounds fascinating. So basically, from plucking from the ground, cleaning, prepping, cooking. Yeah, putting that. it in the skillet and it flipping around and all that. Apparently, wow. So uh, yeah, it That's sounds unique. fascinating. It, it <laughs> is, and it's an interesting concept. So as I'm talking to him, of course, I'm mentioning our show. Um, so I'm gonna. And asked if he'd like to come on and try and talk. So we're going to try and work out something. He said, def-. he's like, yeah, so I'm going to try and reach out to him after festival's over and see if we can work out something um, via Skype and talk to him. Because I've, I've got, I mean, I had more questions to ask him, but he had to get, you know, he, right. had, he, he had to leave because I think he was actually going to go see Jojo Rabbit. So, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but it was cool talking with him. And I think that's it. I think I'm done. Um, I would say I'm done, but as I'm looking at our at our outline, you told me to go first because otherwise you have to go first again. No, it's okay. So, no, no, that's good. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so we're going to get into it. 
I went saw Ad Astra, which in um, is Italian for To the Stars. It's, and it stars Brad Pitt, and Donald Sutherland has a role. Um, Tom Lee Jones is in it. Liv Tyler's in it for like more of a cameo role than anything. And I guess she just likes astronauts between her and Ben Affleck. Or between Brad Pitt and Ben Affleck. Yeah. Know. Um, she's, I guess she doesn't, she just doesn't want to miss a thing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that's not groupie. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I saw this during dad time at night after the kids went to bed. I felt good. I was like, all right, I don't feel tired. I'm going to go to the movies. And that was playing. So I was like, all right, let's go see it to myself. Budget's $87.5 million on its opening weekend, made $19 million nationwide. At the time I uh, took these notes, $89 million's probably surpassed it now. Yeah. And also, uh, world, oh, wait, that's not nationwide. It's worldwide. It's two W's. <laughs> um, so I'm sure it's surpassing now. It's directed by James Gray, who also directed We Own the Night with Joaquin Phoenix. So, you know, just one movie. Uh, and then the yards, which I know, I think that's the one Mark Wahlberg was in. It's an older, like late '90s, early odds. And the Lost City of Z with Charlie Hunnan, Hunnan, uh, the guy from mm. Pacific Rim. Anyways, and uh, he was in Sons of Anarchy too. So I, uh, I haven't seen that one yet. That one I'd like to go. I'll eventually get around to because actually here it's actually fairly decent. Um, so. The movie takes place in the near future, I think is how it worded it at the beginning. It's in the near future. He's in, uh, Brad Pitt's an astronaut. He's already made one space mission. He was up there working on space station. And then he gets uh, basically knocked off what he's working on. Right. Um, like some big event in space caused like a blackout all over. And knocked him off, and he fell to Earth and survived. Um, and then they end up pulling him in, and all this stuff's in the trailer. They basically tell him they think his dad, who's also an astronaut, who had disappeared on some space mission, top-secret space mission, they think they have evidence that he's still alive. And may also be responsible for causing the event that occurred. So, <clears throat> so what they're going to do is they, so they want, what they want from him is to go out there and basically bring him back because they think he's the only one, basically go, you have to go out to, essentially you have to go to Mars just to get, just to relay this message so they'll carry out to where he's at. Right. So. That's all he had, That's all they want him to do. Send the message. Come back home. Nothing more. Because they think, well, if they hear his voice, he'll finally listen. Because every time they try and send a message, they get no response back. So they think right. he's just ignoring them. So it. So he goes on this mission. There's a space station on the moon now. Uh, it's basically be like a modern day or a more futuristic truck stop if you. If you can imagine a truck stop uh, type of that, you know, type of thing. Right. So, but there's also pirates on the moon too. So, as you've seen in the trailer, 
there's a scene where there's like a sh- like a a shoot up or I would say a car chase on the moon, but I think that's going to probably wind up being the next Fast and Furious movie. Um, so <laughs> rover chase on the moon, I guess, is what this one is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he goes out there, you know, he tries to retrieve his dad and make contact with him and all that. Um, it's better than I thought. I mean, I'm not going to tell you much more about the movie because it, otherwise it'll probably give stuff away and I don't want to do that. Right. So, it, <clears throat> so basically, here's the thing. I, I thought, okay, I thought when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, good, Brad Pitt gets an interstellar. Sweet. Yeah. It's not an interstellar. No. It's It's got aspects of it. But not I mean, it's got space travel and there is some... It's not really time travel because it's not really, you know, but it's a space movie, but it's done differently. It is a little bit slower because it, there are, there's, it's about his journey. Right. And his struggles with separation because him and his father aren't, they weren't on the best of terms, I guess is the best way to put it. So it's about him trying to connect and he still follows in his father's footsteps. Right. But basically, his dad wasn't that great of a dad. It just so happens they both are astronauts, and anyways, um, it's it is definitely it's a character movie. It's not really an action movie. It's a drama. It's a drama. Some thriller acts at you know with some action and thriller aspects to it. But it's more of a drama. It's a space space drama. Okay. It it like I said, it's a character movie. Brad Pitt I thought was excellent. So. In this movie, they have to do like a, not really interviews, but psychological interviews. Mm-hmm. Be sure he's mentally okay to go. Right. And you know he's there when they talk. You know, they're like asking him about if they think he's mentally going to be able to do this, having to you know see his dad and possibly see his dad. And he's like, "Yes, I'm able to compart you know compartmentalize and focus on the mission." Right, and after he says that, you really see it. You because events happen, and he has to continue moving on, even after all these different obstacles that are you know coming his way throughout this journey, and where most people would be freaking out. He you can you can see he's handling it, but he's also not handling it. Right, it's, it's a lot of. Definitely facial, you know, you know, close-ups that you can, when they do the close-ups, you can tell just. He's kind he's, of going through it. Yeah, he's he's going through it, but he's not saying anything. He's you just can see it, but it's very, it's a lot of subtlety and stuff too. His his acting in this was better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not, and I liked his character in Once Upon a Time. Right. But this is one to me. This is one of his better acting roles. This is one he could finally kind of sink his teeth into, I guess is a good way. Right. I don't think he's... It's not one of those, like, he's trying... He's he's emoting and not saying much because he's trying to get... You know, it's like, I want to get an Oscar with this role. It's just a really good performance. If he gets some sort of nominee, that'd be great. I'm, I would, you know, I'd be all... I'd be like, yeah, five, you know, why wouldn't he? Right. But I don't think they're shooting for it. But I think it's a very strong performance... He's a. So we go from his performance to Tommy Lee Jones, who 
I don't dislike him. I like him as an actor. I don't think he was utilized enough in this movie. I don't think his character is in it enough for him to be in it. Does that make sense? Like, his character is in... Anybody else could have played his role is basically what I'm trying to say. Okay. It didn't need to be Tom Lee Jones. It could have been some... It could have been some dude. <laughs> it could have been anybody that could have played his dad. It didn't could, need to be could him. Could have been some upcoming person. Just hey, yeah, just as long as he's older. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it. I mean, he. It, it just. It just needed to be somebody older. I don't think Tommy Lee Jones just looked tired. Did it seemed like he phoned it in. No, he, he didn't. Just... He didn't. No, I think he overdid it actually. <laughs> I don't think he tried to eat, the, you know, chew the scenery, you know, chew, chew the scene up or anything. But I think he, he just looked tired, and he's supposed to be kind of weary and kind of out of it because he's been out of space. He's been in space for like thirteen or more years, right? Um, on this mission, it just—I don't know. It just seemed like it didn't come across that way. He just—he just looked tired. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, Grandpa needs a nap. I'd give him a recliner, but, you know, zero gravity. What are you going to do? Yeah, I just... uh, Yeah, I don't... I think anybody else could have played it. Okay. If if that makes more sense. It's kind of hard for me to try and phrase it properly. Other than, yeah, it it didn't be... I could have been like... Yeah, I mean, that's cool that he's in it. So it's kind of like they put him there just to use his star power. I think so. Yeah. And then Donald Sutherland was in it for two, three scenes. Um, great. I like him, too. Right. But, again, I think it could have been anybody. I don't think him being in it, and even really his character, really moved it forward. Okay. I think one scene, in and out. I mean, I guarantee both of them were probably just there for a day. Right. To be honest, I mean, I think they both gave up a day, and that was it. But it's, I mean, it's whatever. It's nit. I mean, I guess I could say I'm nitpicking at this point. But uh, yeah. Uh, so some trivia on it. Um, the director it was quoted as saying that it's like if you mashed up Apocalypse Now and 2001: A Space Odyssey, and then throw in a little Joseph Conrad too. So, more sci-fi. I agree with... I can see that, because Apocalypse Now, if you've... I don't know if you've seen that. No, I've got it, and I need to watch it. Okay. <laughs> so, it uses a lot of uh, inner monologue speak, like mm-hmm. voiceover, yeah. for Martin Sheen's character, because he's going after uh, Marlon Brando's character, because he's batshit crazy, and they're trying to bring him back, because he's killing people and didn't need to be killing, because he's lost his mind, because... In or, Vietnam and all yeah. that, so so it's slow and methodical, and it's a lot of voiceover, inner monologue speak. Um, Brad Pitt does a lot of that too, and he's similar because he's on a mission to bring somebody back that who could potentially be batshit crazy as well. Right. <laughs> Just so happens it's his dad also. So that's kind of how I can see how that one relates. Plus two thousand one, which is an amazing just. From a technological aspect, uh, an amazing movie. It moves a little slow, but it's it's it too is also well. Um, 
So James Gray had to compromise on the ending in order to get the movie greenlit. I'm curious what the ending was supposed. Like I would like to know what his actual, what he thought his actual ending was going to be. Right. So, um, so that's Ad Astra. Um, I would definitely recommend it. I'd probably go see it again, to be honest. And I didn't fall asleep. I didn't even doze off once. I was. You were ready. I was ready. I don't know if I was ready or if it was just there was so much going on and I was just, you know, just really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd go see it again. Um, so real quick, uh, I'm not gonna spend too much time on this, but uh, I read box Child's Play finally, the the new remake. <clears throat> so I enjoyed it actually, uh, and I, I didn't. I don't want to say I didn't think I was going to. Right. I thought, well, it might be okay. It's okay. I mean, it's a child's play movie. However, what I liked about it real quick is that it does have, uh, it stars Aubrey Plaza as the mom and Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta and some movies. Um, was also in it. And Mark Hamill replaced Brad Dourif as the voice of, Chucky, which I haven't still haven't figured that one out because Brad Dourif is alive and well, so yeah. it's still working. <laughs> but you know, whatever. I mean, it didn't deter. I mean, it didn't deter me from or be like, ugh, this is terrible, man. I mean, um, if you replace somebody, Mark Hamill's not a bad. Choice. No, yeah, if you got to pick somebody for a voiceover, you yeah. you, you got a quality one. Yeah. So what? Um, what I liked about it, if you're going to update a horror movie from the '80s. I think this is a way to do it. This was the right way to do it. Because you're updating it to current times. You're not just remaking a movie and keeping it during its time period. So right. if you didn't, I didn't even look to see who directed it. Because I didn't take any notes. I just remember that I saw it and I wanted to talk about it real quick. And it's, I mean, it's a good hour and a half long. It's not even that long. It's a good show. Um, it's updated because instead of... Chucky being possessed by the soul of a serial killer. Instead, it he's basically taken... If he works off of Wi-Fi and technology, is basically how it works. And the chip that goes in Chucky has uh, been compromised. And he ends up being able to control other electronics because that's made by the same company. So basically, if Alexa took over or Siri took over Apple products, yeah, and basically does does the same thing. So I like how it did that. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think people, you know, if you like these kind of movies, you're gonna watch it. And if it's not your kind of movie, you're not gonna. I mean, it's a horror movie. It's, but I don't think out of all the ones, because I'm not big on like slasher movies. I'm not just. I'm not that guy. <laughs> I like mine to be suspenseful. But I did actually enjoy this one. I may even watch this one again if it's on. Um, I'm one of those people that has like a soft spot for the second child's play, where they're at the military school. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen the third one, and I've never seen any of the... Any after that. Any after that. So I might have only seen one and two, and that was it. And then this new one. So, so the director is Lars Klethberg. Oh, okay. That's the name. I have no idea who that is, but okay. Uh, Polaroid, The Wall, or the other movies he directed. And I haven't seen Pol- I've seen VHS, I haven't seen Polaroid. Yeah. So, 
Norwegian, okay. he's a Norwegian director. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember looking at now. I remember that now after I've, because I remember I looked it up while I was watching it. And okay, that's me. Your turn, right. brother. Well, the only movie I was man that I managed to be able to see was this controversial has left everyone divided Joker movie. <laughs> um, I liked it. I left out. I thought it was a wonderful movie. Now, should we um, do a disclaimer that you're not a comic book person? Well, as far as the Joker goes, I'm, okay. not, I'm not familiar with the Joker character as far as the origin, so I can't compare and say, oh, they did this or that right or wrong or, you know. So, yeah. As far as basically DC Comics, I'm not... Right, you're not the not DC big, guy. Yeah. Not that good. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I am, so we're yeah, good. So, so I went in open-minded and I, I wasn't disappointed. Okay, what did you like about it? Well, I mean, it just seemed very realistic. Like, there could be someone right now going through the same thing he went through that, you know, could be on the edge of coming like him. <laughs> so. Okay. Um, so, trying to word this as best as possible. Was there anything that you had issues with? Uh, there was something toward the end that... Oh, the end scene that we were talking about before we... Well, no. Well, no, no. Not that. But uh, there was something at the end that they could have left out. They didn't have to do this again. I'll just say it that way. Okay. Do you, <laughs> do you think it could have been shorter? Um, could have been a little shorter. I think 15 minutes. I think yeah. they could have cut 15 minutes out. Yeah. It could have been And not shorter. because when I went and saw it, I dozed off six times because I was not... As a wake for Joker, as I was for the, uh, as I was for Ad Astra. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to see it again too, because you know I was did it after work, and so I don't think my brain processed everything yeah. correctly. But it was, um, I was alert and awake enough where I saw everything. But I just want to see it again for clarity. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Um, is there any? What do you think about uh, Joaquin's performance? Amazing. There's it, definitely he put his unique spin on the Joker compared to previous previous iterations like um, Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, and then even back to the old campy Cesar Romero. Yes, so definitely is unique. I, I, I wouldn't say one is better than the other. Just no, they, they it's, put their you don't stamp. have to. People like doing that. Like yeah. say the, I with those people that like to compare and then try and write who's better. Yeah. Can't do that. That's have your fun with that. I I, I don't have that kind of time. Mm-mm. No, it was it was, it wasn't Jared Leto. So Thank God. So that that was Thank that was that was goodness. great. That was there was this one um, meme on Facebook where it's like a flip book where it was going yeah. through the different laughs of yeah. Joker. They left there. They had everybody there except Jared Leto. So that was perfect. That's awesome. That was Cesar Thanks. Romero, um, Heath Ledger, and Joaquin Phoenix. So I was like, okay, cool. That was good. Yeah. Um, so this movie came out October 4th, and I did see it Thursday night, okay. opening night, and it did break record as far as um, what it made that night. I think it was 13, 14 million for that, for opening up that particular day. Uh-huh. Um, the runtime, 122 minutes, so over two hours. Yeah. And of course, could have been a little shorter. Uh, the budget was 55 million. As far as domestic, it made thirty nine million, and then worldwide was ninety seven million. Okay, so it did well there. 
Uh, director is Todd Phillips. Um, other actors who have uh, Robert De Niro as Murray Franklin, who's he's playing a talk show host, which I feel like he did, even though he's not really in the movie much, he did pretty good as far as, you know, I felt him as a, t- as a TV yeah. show. So he didn't just phone it in. Well, he's been on enough. It shouldn't be hard to... <laughs> right. Especially from even especially from the seventies, he's been on enough. So oh yeah, should, I guess this took place in for uh, viewers or for listeners. I guess listeners now, viewers. Whenever you go see it, there we go. Uh, movie pl- takes takes place in nineteen eighty one. That yeah. has been established. All right. Okay, it definitely felt like the eighties. Uh, then you have um, Francis Conroy as uh, Penny Fleck, which is Arthur Fleck's mom, and then Zazie Beetz as Sophie. So, um, basically from the beginning of the movie, you pretty much see that this guy's not right at all in his head. He's, now, oh, and I went and saw this too, so I'm letting Patrick talk and then I'm going to, we have different opinions, so, on, on, on the movie, so we're, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, basically it just shows his journey from dealing with his mental issues and how society's treating him or certain people treat him and just how it pretty much pushes him to the point of, I guess, like being psychotic behavior, I guess. Yeah, psychotic break. Yeah. and um, He done snapped. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a good way to put it. Yeah. So by the end of it, you definitely know that Arthur Fleck died and Joker has emerged. So, yeah. Um, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it. But um, yeah, I mean, you talk about things that are in the trailer because that's yeah, because you see that's he, fair. So yeah, as far as the trailer goes, you see he has a job as a clown, flipping yeah. signs in front of a business, and then uh, someone steals it, chases after him, and gets hit, and they basically beat him up, and he that happens quite a bit. Yeah, physically, he just and he just takes it. <laughs> you know, yeah. he doesn't fight back. He just like once you hit him, he's down. <laughs> that's it. Um. But uh, see what else in the trailer. Uh, Zazie Beetz character mm-hmm. uh, apparently has a relationship with her. Yep. And um, yeah, you have to watch the movie to see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but by the end of it, it does. I feel we'll have people talking about it, whether it be one way or another. Yeah, yeah. It, it does raise questions and create conversation. Um. You know, and by the end of the movie, you'll either be left with uh, scratching your head like, what did I watch? You know, I kind of had that yeah. feeling a little bit, but then it was like, did everything that I saw happen the way I saw it? So, it re- leaves things up to question about yeah. his origin. You know, if it's really what we saw or it's still mysterious, like, right? I guess his origin really multiple choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So... Uh, I didn't write too many other notes because I didn't want to over talk about it. But, okay. um, all right. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and. All right. So. Yeah, you had different opinions. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't think Pat. I think I don't. I don't think whenever you asked me what I thought, yes, was that yesterday or the day before? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, so what are your thoughts? And then I give like this. You said it's I, fine. I, I'm one of those people that, that if you send me a text message and I don't send just like short, like, like 20 short text messages, 
I send one long. I'll send, I'll be the guy that sends the paragraphs. Yeah. In a text message, because I, I it's, it's one conscious stream of thought. This is how I, I mean. It's pretty much how I would talk. Yeah, just get it all out. <laughs> just all out and then just done. That two and your phone doesn't blow up umpteen times. It's just a couple of times you just have to scroll down. Yeah. My buddy Travis the same way. So which, but he also sent twenty of those though. <laughs> twenty paragraphs. Got, oh, he's. He's a trip. You'd like him. Um, so, I went uh, Friday night because Thursday I volunteered at the festival. I was scheduled to volunteer last night, and so that left me with Friday to go see it. Right. So I I sucked it up. I um, got helped get the kids to bed, and then I was hoping to make the nine o'clock show, and I wasn't going to be able to do it. So instead, I had a uh, energy drink with me, so I chugged that sucker down. Rainbow Unicorn Bane, for anybody that's curious, because it's magical. Um, and delicious. And then, uh, you know, I ended up going to the 10 o'clock show. And for the first bad hour, I probably dozed off probably six times. Not because the movie was boring, just because I'm old and I get tired at And I'm usually asleep at 10 p.m. Yeah. So, and I had to be at work the next day. So, fun times. Um, Pushing it. (laughs) Things, sacrifices I make for for the podcast. (laughs) Um, So, and I really did want to see it so we could talk about it, so I could talk about it with you this week. Um, So, yeah, the first hour dragged for me. It just, oof. I didn't... I didn't have any expectations of this movie because I wasn't super excited to want to see this. Right. Because even after all the trailers and everything and the talk and the buzz, because it got an eight-minute standing ovation at the Venice Film Festival. It, it took the top prize, like, for Best Picture. Yeah, I tried not to read too much about, like, even the controversy. I tried not to read what it was. I didn't know till after. Yeah. So. I knew a little bit, but I, was, I don't want that stuff... Yeah. affect the way I view a movie because yeah. half the time I don't agree with with what they had to say anyway so I usually didn't you know, I'm okay forming my own opinion right. easily um, but yeah so that first hour kind of just dragged and one thing I had one of the things I had problems with for me now I thought it was okay I don't think it's the best thing I don't think it's the best movie of the year like a lot of people think and I don't see it as one of those movies that is so important to see because of its message of social injustice and all this stuff. I didn't see that. I, saw, I mean, I saw it. I just didn't think it was delivered as well as it could have been. Right. I guess it's, the message was, the message was you could see it there, but I don't think it was presented very well. Like they, yeah, we'll toss this in okay. to me, in, in my opinion. And... I, you see, yes, he takes care of his mom. He works as a clown to try and help. The one, it just, I didn't see the transformation. Like, the there's different things that occurred that I don't think it, I don't, I just don't, I get frustrated t- trying to talk about the movie because, yeah. I d- one, I don't want to give stuff away, like you, but I when I get frustrated, I kind of just like, oh, man. Right. 
you know, and it, again, it doesn't go back to what I was hoping it would be. It just goes to, I don't see what everybody else is saying. And that kind of frustrates me too. Now, part of it could be, I was just tired. Yeah. But I don't feel the movie picked up until like the second, middle of the second act. And I just, and then when it happens and he, tra- I don't want to say transforms, but I guess more or less when he puts the makeup on and he's becoming more um, psychotic and more comfortable in his yeah in his you know in his new persona or yeah. whatever I don't it just seemed like it was like overnight almost and it just seems like if something like that were to happen it would be a slower not really a slower process you would start seeing that kind of just slowly developing and then when you finally get there it's like you're there. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense at all, but instead of it just like, he's just been hurt time and time again, he's not used to, you know, standing up for himself, right. obviously. And, I mean, he's frail in this movie. He lost, uh, Joaquin Phoenix lost 54 pounds yeah, for this role. Now, granted, his last movie was, uh, I always butcher the title. You're never really here, which I I think I might have even talked about. Um, but I, if you haven't seen that, I think it's still on one of the streaming services. I would recommend watching that. He does he doesn't say a whole lot, but it's still a very powerful performance. I just don't. I liked it for the performance, but not for the movie. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. It kind of and that's kind of my feeling on this movie as well. I liked it for his performance. But I didn't really like the movie. The movie overall just didn't. Yeah, it just didn't do it for me. Yeah. But things I did like were was how it shot. So Todd Phillips, who directed the Hangover movies, doesn't really have any. He's not known for making a drama like this. Right. And that's pretty much what it is. It's not a comic book movie, even though it has elements of one. Not the killing and not the makeup, but like when he gets, I mean, like I said, he's frail. You can see his ribs in this movie. Yes, it's very and, disturbing. Is, <laughs> that's really one of the more disturbing parts of the movie, I think, because I'm like, he's unhealthy. Yeah, but and there was one part that they showed in the trailer where he had all the white yes. face paint on, and he was hunched over in the kitchen looking up. Yes. I was like, that is creepy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and he, but he. I mean, he gets beat up, no bruising, no hospitalization. If you're that frail, you're going to, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it's, he's that way because he's, you know, him and his mom are, are poor and they don't have a, a lot of money. They just have kind of what, they just get by more or less. Right. Um, but he always, you know, like he'll give the food to his mom and not, and him not eat. And you tell that that happens a lot. Yeah. And he just... Uh, so when he gets beat up, it seems like he has like this... And he gets right back up. After getting the shit kicked out of him. You, yeah. you think you probably would... I mean... would be hard to get up and walk or be hard to... I mean, it's you would... Broken ribs. And broken ribs because they're literally right there yeah. for you to see. So, in a way, there's kind of a superhero element to that because you're get 
I mean, I'm probably not good enough for that. Right. You know, a couple of them, a couple of those ass whoopings he got, I wouldn't be getting up fully healthy. So um, that, that's why at the end I was like, hmm, how things were presented. Yes. Is it, mm. yeah. yeah, exactly. So I was like, ugh. <laughs> and there's definitely, there's another, there's another scene towards the end that I, I was like, I don't think that was neat to put in there. Just to try and link everything together. Yeah. I, yeah. We just need we, the one origin. We, we, we might be thinking about the same thing. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We only need the one origin yeah. story. Yeah. Um, so, it, but it was shot very well. He did, uh, Todd Phillips said he took inspiration from from Taxi Driver, which you can tell a lot just in how Travis Bickle and Arthur Flex characters kind of See, I haven't seen recently. that. I haven't seen that. And uh, I was watching... Some people talk about the movie. They were showing scenes from Taxi Driver. I was like, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. You need so to watch that. So you, after you, seeing this, I'm going to go back and watch you, that. Make a list, man. Yes. I got paper. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they took, yeah, they they uh, took inspiration, we'll say, because they didn't steal anything. But they took inspiration from Taxi Driver. They said Raging Bull, but I haven't really seen a whole lot from that. That's mm-hmm. another uh, De Niro Pesci Scorsese movie. It's shot in black and white, um, where he plays Jake LaMotta, the boxer. So, it's actually pretty well done. It's it was done really well um, as far as like being in the ring with the fighter. You know, better than this was before Rocky came out. So right. they, I think, I think it came out before Rocky. Or it might have come out in '81. Raging Bull might have come out in '81, okay. '80 or '81. So if that's the case, then. <laughs> That's a couple years after. Anyways, yeah. Nonetheless, side point. Um, then they also took uh, inspiration from the King of Comedy, which I have not seen. Yeah, um, seen also, a Scorsese movie with uh, starring Robert De Niro, who plays basically the same type of character as Arthur Fleck, except he ends he ends up kidnapping a TV talk show person played by Jerry Lewis. So De Niro played, yes, Lewis's character, essentially. And uh, so, yeah, so they took inspiration from those movies specifically. The cinematography I really liked, the way it was shot, the different colors they used for filters, I thought were really well done. Um, But I just had issues with the story itself. There's a lot of people that love this movie, love it, not only for his performance, but also of it for the social commentary about how society treats people and people with just mental disabilities. Um, but I just don't. There's a scene at the end, and that's that's not giving anything away. Just to say that he he has a scene where he gives like a soliloquy or a speech, whatever you want to call it. And it's and I was I texted you about this that I felt that it was kind of. I want to say hollow, in the sense that I don't feel from the movie that I watched, he believes in that stuff. I believe he wants other people to believe that. Right. If that makes sense. You know, I, I don't think he, he's saying it because he wants other people to believe that this is why he's doing this and why he's, you know, become this person. I just didn't see all of that with him in his right. journey. I'm like, am I watching the same movie? This, I mean, some it's, things did seem kind of accidental. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think you really believe this. 
Because I just didn't, and maybe it's just the way he said it, pretty, you know, the way, uh, as he was acting, the way he was saying stuff, and just kind of was, seemed a little lackadaisical, and, but yet the speech he was giving was supposed to be, was very profound, and very, um, supposed to be moving, and it just seemed, because his new persona is a little more lackadaisical, was a fair type of thing. Right. So, but I think if Arthur Fleck had been the one giving it, instead of Joker giving it, I think it might have come across more. Does that make sense? Pre-transformation, mm-hmm. if that guy, yeah. if that guy had been the one giving it instead of Joker giving it, right? I think it would have landed better for me at least. I don't know. Okay, but like you, I'm going to go back and see it again because I want to be sure I'm fully awake, so maybe I have a different experience. Um, there is, a, it is very divided. I mean, between just reviewers that I've listened to and, and just different um, celebrities that I've read their reviews of or right. their thoughts on it. Um, it is divided. I mean, most people like it, some don't. The one thing but, I was hearing is like, oh man, it's so violent. It's just, I'm like... It's not that violent. No, like it Chapter Deadpool, 2 was more violent. Deadpool yeah. 2 is... <laughs> it, it Chapter 2 was more violent. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know where they're getting that from. Hobbs and Shaw was more violent, really. And it's PG-13. Yeah. So, I mean, hell, shoot, in game. There, honestly, there's what, three scenes yeah. of violence. I mean, it's really not that much. I mean, it's not that violent. Now, you talked, you, you had mentioned um, about people walking out of the theater. I had a group of three walk out of mine when you talked. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. I don't know if they just thought it was a different movie. Maybe their expectations were this way. Yeah, I think they thought it was an action movie. Yeah. They probably heard all the controversy, like, oh, man, it's so violent. Oh, man, Joker's going to do that. And then they're sitting there like, no, this isn't what I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. This is a drama. Yes. That's why. Well, I mean, maybe it's going to be funny because it's directed by the guy from The Hangover. It's a little, eh, it's a little bit, a little bit, but not, not much. It's, it's, a, it's a very serious it's, movie. It's a very serious, it's a very dark movie. Yes. In tone. It's not, yeah. Any humor is dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's very it's dark. It's very dark. <laughs> So, so yeah, but um, but definitely, I mean, recommend people to go see it or red box it. Um, I don't know. I say go see it. Okay. Yeah. I say if you're already if you're on the fence about going to see it, okay. I would say uh, go see it for the performance. Yeah. Um, if nothing else. Yeah. For the performance. Because yeah, he definitely did his own thing. Yeah, if you're a Walking Phoenix fan, you definitely see it for him. So, Walking uh, Phoenix, uh, some just some short trivia, real quick. Walking uh, Phoenix did base his laugh on people suffering from pathological laughter. The laugh was the hardest part for him to nail down and perfect. He actually had uh, Todd Phillips come over to his house so he could audition his laugh, hmm. and he was actually nervous about doing that. Um, the movies meant to start a new company that will produce standalone DC movies. So, basically... This is a standalone. It's yeah, this, standalone, this is not going to be connected to anything. It's not going to be connected to Arpats, Batman. It does seem like they were trying to anyway. With the, Which, with, with, with the connection. Yeah. 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 Which they, they shouldn't, because from what I've heard, Joaquin don't do sequels. We didn't do superhero movies. Cause, uh, yeah, because he was supposed to... He turned out yeah. a role for Doctor Strange. Yep. And then also turned down a chance to replace Edward Norton in the Hulk. Yeah. But 
he didn't want to be tied into to multi movies because yeah, so. you know he's an actor and like I don't mean that in a bad way. He's it's just not what he wants to do. Yeah, it's not his thing. He likes doing like the independent films yeah. and do character pieces. He likes yeah. character movies he likes where to, he could really perform. sink his yeah where he could he really sink his you know really show his staff his talent. Yeah. Um, the Joker's makeup was inspired by John Wayne Gacy's Pogo the Clown. So, you know, I was like, as soon as I read that, I'm like, oh, I completely, it's, how did I not see that? All right. Um, and I was, and when we were talking about the movies that influenced the film, also the only, um, comic book they mentioned was The Killing Joke, which I, remind me before we leave, I'll show you. Okay. And, uh, we're parts from that, which I definitely saw the stand-up part. Uh, one of the actors, Brett Cullen who played Thomas Wayne in the movie. I don't know if you noticed this. He was also Con- Congressman Gilly from The Dark Knight Rises, the one that goes missing with uh, Catwoman from the party. Oh, crap. And then he winds up in the bar. I'm about to rewatch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm have to rewatch. But yeah, I, as soon as I saw him, I go, wait a minute, that guy was from The Dark Knight, <laughs> one of the Dark Knight movies, and it was Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Because uh, Brett Cullen, who's a really good character actor, um, just happens to look like Chris Cooper, who's also a really good actor. Mm-hmm. And I keep every time I see him, I keep thinking it's Chris Cooper, but because that's what they look alike. Chris Cooper, who also went to the University of Missouri, you know, no big deal. Along with John Hamm and Robert Logan. Anyways, um, was beside the point. Uh, so yeah, so I, that's that trivia there. Um, my wife said she was going to wait until Redbox to watch Joker. I said she asked what I thought. I go. You were right by waiting, waiting to see that red box because you wouldn't have wanted to, you wouldn't have liked it otherwise. Yeah, and it's just because I know for her. Right. But. Um, another trivia: <clears throat> This is the first theatrical DC Comics film to be rated R since The Watchmen. Yep, and then uh, the only other one's uh, Three Hundred. I think. I think that's tech. Never mind. Yeah, I think those are the only three. Yeah. Rated R DC movies. Yeah, I'm like you're right. I'm running. I'm literally racking my head going through all the comic book movies that are, that have been made. I'm like, I still think that's right. Nope, that's right. Yeah, no, nope, that's not. That's Marvel. Nope, that's Marvel too. <laughs> all the Punisher ones, yeah. Yeah. Except for the Thomas Jane Punisher, that one's PG-13. Mm-hmm. I have a soft spot for that one. I can't. It's a guilty pleasure. Okay, uh, real quick. Um, Real quick, uh, we uh, have a new segment that we kind of wanted to introduce called My Two Cents, where we uh, talk about movies that the other has already seen, but we have finally caught up to seeing said movie, and we just want to toss in just a couple of thoughts about what we thought about it now that we've seen the other movie. I'll let you go ahead and go first, because I've been talking too much. Well, since the last podcast, um, that Monday after I went to see Rambo Last Blood, well, everything before the third act, they could have just kept that out. <laughs> it was just, it, it was pretty, it was pretty boring. Like the, yeah. I mean, of course it's Rambo. You're not really going for acting, but I think it could have been a little better to keep you hold you until then. You know, yeah. the whole third act was fine. I was, I was like, okay, this this kind of made up for everything yeah. before it, and then. Um, yeah, I mean, I liked it. The beginning could have been better. The first two acts could have had more 
It needed help. <laughs> it needed help, need and it help. needed. And I was right though. It needed about fifteen or twenty more minutes. Yeah, could have used more. See, <laughs> to explain and some not, things. Yes. There's some character. There's a character there. I'm like, okay, what is this character's purpose? Who is this person? They're here. And I see, oh, you're only serving a purpose for information. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Exposition. So you're going to miss exposition. Gotcha. That, that's it. I'm like, all right, then you're done. Don't see her anymore. Nope. That's it. None. I was, okay. And the old lady too, right? Yeah. Um, Were you able to figure out her relation? No. No. See? I don't, I don't know if that's the, what is it? He's the uncle, right? Niece, yeah. I don't know if that's his niece's mom or aunt nope. or neighbor or yeah. maid. See? I don't know. I don't know if Nobody grandma just got that military money and he's just like, yeah, this is my maid or somebody maybe she that he helped. I don't know. Don't know the relation. Don't know. And then, um, oh man, after, I'm trying to figure out how she found out what happened to his niece. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, how did, I don't Here. know. This is how he found out. <laughs> the, the little strip of little papers. Strip of paper. <laughs> Popped up three times. It should have got. It should have got a credit. Right. So I'm just like, how did she <laughs> find out that she even went there? Yeah. To begin with, I was like, okay. And with a strip of paper, that's how you found out. There was one scene where, you know, we're talking about they could have added mm-hmm. some stuff, but there was one scene where they were talking. I was like, halfway through, I'm like, oh man, this is still going. They're still talking. Still, I'm like, no. <laughs> but the third act kind of. Made me forget that stuff. Third so. act was great. Yeah. yeah, best part of the movie. They could have used a couple of third acts in the first and second act. Yeah, at yeah. least one each. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> nope. Nice if he had like maybe a partner. Kind of did for a scene or two, and yeah. she was underutilized. Yeah, and then um, could have used more from her. <laughs> somebody was describing it. Um, the last act was like. Uh, Ram- the Rambo's version of Home Alone. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> booby traps. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, I can see that. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, this. Yeah. And uh, so hopefully this is Last Blood. <laughs> Man, I'd rather have him make another Creed movie and just call it a day. <laughs> um. So my two cents. I. I. Uh, not only did I watch Child's Play, but I also watched. Um, yesterday, I finally watched that one. I watched that the next day. Yesterday, watched yesterday, there we go. Yeah. Day. yeah, yeah. After watching Child's Play, um, and I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's a cute story. It's um, it's different. I like it. It's a good um, kind of a. It's not a obviously not a biopic because mm. it gets rid of the bio, and that's the whole point of the movie because there's no right <laughs> no Beatles, so you know. Exactly. So he's about writing it. And it's a, it's just a fun little journey. Um, I'm not a Beatles fan. Uh, don't, you know, don't don't come to the House of Torches. But yeah, neither am I. <laughs> I appreciate them. Yes. I appreciate what they've done to music and the culture. It's just not somebody I wasn't, it's just not a group I listen to a lot. And I, my kids will listen to them because it's important for them to know who they are. Um, I just was never into them like a lot of people are which is fine you know it's not a big deal right same thing goes for the Rolling Stones I like about two or three songs I'm good so and you know but again thankful for what they've done for music and everything <clears throat> but yeah yesterday was was very entertaining if you get a chance to watch it please do 
um, it was very well done. Uh, I forgot who directed it, but it's it was done very well, structured very well, good story, good acting. Um, I like Willie James, and I like uh, Himish Patel, I think is his name, the main main actor. Um, he did a really good job, too, and actually has a fairly decent voice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, totally go check it out if you can. Um, it's good for all ages. Kids would like it, too. It's not for adults. I mean, kids will probably like it. Ed Sheeran's in it. It's so. family-friendly. Yeah, it's very family-friendly, <laughs> yeah. very accessible. Um, yeah, it's it's one for everybody. I, I would definitely recommend that. Oh, boy. And then I watched Dark Phoenix. Dun, dun, dun. I dozed off. I now I legit fell asleep watching Dark Phoenix. I ain't gonna lie. I dozed off for 15, 20 minutes. I think I was just tired. So I actually went back. I don't even blame you if it was just legit. Oh, bored. yeah. I, I went back and put it on. Mm-hmm. Like, because I had the day to do it. I actually went back, put it on, and watched it from where I dozed off at. And I'm like, okay, so I didn't miss anything. Yeah. I was bored. This movie was the most boring X-Men movie out of all of them. I tr- I wanted, I don't know why I wanted to. I wanted to like this movie so much. Yeah. <laughs> At least not a lot. I mean, I didn't want to watch, I didn't want it to be like my favorite because first class, at least from this, this iteration <clears throat> of X-Men, first class is the best one and then the rest are just, uh. Basically, yeah, X, X-Men United, X2, yeah. and then first class. That's pretty much it. That's where they end. Yeah, I mean, first one, Days of first X Men, X Men, X Two, and then Days of Future Past, and, and then, then first class. that's it, or first class. So even four. Days of Future Past, it had its isn't that bad. It yeah. isn't that bad. Yeah, because um, Peter Dinklage's Bolivar Trask is actually, I, I actually liked him. You know, um, it's like they got on track with that movie and then they fell right off afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Because Apocalypse was rough, and I took York to go see that. And he liked it okay. I thought it was okay. Yeah. But the more I watch it, I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah. And I wanted to like it because it had Nightcrawler getting in it. Right. But Alan Cummings is really the best Nightcrawler. Anyways, um, but this movie's just bad. I mean, it's just bad acting. Nobody wanted to be there. Like, nobody Everybody wanted to be on screen. Like, yeah. I mean, even... Um, James McAvoy and um, Fassbender. Fassbender, they did their normal, you know, their thing. Their thing. Yeah. But, but can, they, they were still be, struggling. Nobody wanted they to be there. They were still struggling. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wanted to be there. No. You can the, tell the reshoots and all that. Oh, yeah. That was just, just, yeah. Nobody wanted to be there. Like the best sequence was the train sequence. And that's not saying a lot. <laughs> no, it's not. And it. Oof. That's the second time they've done that storyline. Yeah. Granted, they did it differently. But the, what gets me about that, I don't know if I brought it up last time, was the end of Apocalypse, Yeah. how they beat him, right. she summoned Phoenix Force. Yeah. But they show her in this movie getting it. So I'm like, right. continuity. Yeah. Again, it's, Deadpool's it's, right. Yeah. <laughs> Timelines are confusing. Yes, timelines are confusing. <laughs> Actually, the best... <laughs> the, I take that back. The second best iteration, or second best... Uh, one with the cat with this cast in it was Deadpool two. Yeah, they're cameo. <laughs> they're cameo. <laughs> so they do appear in a good X Men movie, just not their own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Deadpool's better off not being in an X Men movie. Yeah. Now, granted, 
with with Disney now acquiring Fox, they'll finally get around to getting a It'll good be a while though. Yeah, like which is fine because they'll actually take their time. Yeah. and actually do something good with it, and they'll have a new crop of kids that they could put in there. I think they're trying to get the first family right. Yes, <laughs> that's 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 more important. Get, get that one and get Fantastic Four done correctly because. Just mishandled. They mishandled their property so bad. And Superman back, you know, briefly, um, briefly took a uh, what do you call that sabbatical from away from the from the MCU to go back to Sony. Then Sony realized they could actually make more money and came to their senses. And Spider Man, Spider Man's back. Yeah, yeah. We'll just take. Even though he never really left. Yeah, yeah. Since they never made a movie, it's a sabbatical. Yeah, it's a sabbatical. He was like in limbo. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's it's he like, gonna go? Yeah, yeah. It's like they couldn't find him. He was like trapped in the closet somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sony just keep funding it. Marvel will make the make, yeah they do their thing. <laughs> make sure it's quality, and then you get residuals. Don't That's worry it. about it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You still get seventy five percent of the profit. Yeah, because Marvel's hurting for money. Right. Or Disney's hurting for money. Yeah. Um, God. But yeah, I was just like, oh boy. Yeah, I'll just get it together. Just come on. I think that's just a situation that became public that shouldn't have. Yeah. yeah. There was no need for it to be. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, so we got that coming up. So, trailers real quick, and then we, we uh, then we'll get out of here. Trailers, uh, there was like eight, eight, felt like eight or 20 trailers in front of Joker. It felt like it was a, lot. a never-ending trailer story, which I usually don't mind if there are new ones that I haven't seen. And if it's like a matinee or in there, (laughs) or if it's during the time I'm not usually sleeping and I'm not in a hurry to hurry up and get to the future so I can hurry up and get out of the theater. Right. Um, But Richard Jewell, Clint Eastwood's next movie based on the bomber from the Atlanta, or the Olympics in Atlanta. Yeah, it'll be fine, I'm sure. I don't know. Clint Eastwood's so hit and miss. He is so hit and miss. Because I watched The Mule on Redbox. Bored, the, bored me to tears the entire movie. I was just Dang. bored. Even Ruth was like, are you trying to find something to put you to sleep? And I go, <laughs> apparently so, because there is absolutely a whole lot of nothing going on. And even the even the something that is going on is still just a whole lot of... Not enough for me to really care. So, yeah. I think you re- like the trailer really made it to where he was like, Oh, it's a Clint Eastwood movie, and he's starring in it. Get your Oscar votes ready. <laughs> Look, Bradley Cooper. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> and I was, uh, yeah. So there's a reason why I didn't see it in theater. Yeah. And then when I read box it, I go, oh boy. And yeah. So it's hard for me to get excited about this one. Right. Although it has the. If uh, any of our listeners saw I, Tanya, it plays the guy that was the friend of Jeff Gullulli that was the one that came up with the whole idea of um, ton- of uh, hitting Nancy Kerrigan with the pipe and all that. It's the actor that played that guy. I can't think of his name off the top, but he's the one that plays Richard Jewell. He's really good, and I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head. Um, he plays Richard Jewell. So he'll put in a really good performance, I think. Olivia Wilde's in it, and I forget who played the FBI agents off the top of my head. 
Uh, we'll post the video on our page, um, so be sure to check that out. Also, the official Birds of Prey, or at least up one of many, I'm sure that will be coming out. Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of the One Harley Quinn. Oof. Oh, that's the whole title. That's the whole oh, okay. title. Okay. Yeah. All right. But okay. everybody will just be calling it the Birds of Prey movie. Yeah. That's out. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. We'll see. Yeah. More excited about the James Gunn Suicide Squad movie with its 20 actors. So, yeah. I'm more excited about that, I think. But, it, yeah, Birds of Prey, February. Perfect time. Perfect time of the year for it to get for it to come out valentine's <laughs> yeah it could come out and take a couple of weeks at number one because it'll be out during the time where nothing else will be out that's true it'll be out during the dumping around season yeah all the oscar movies will already been been out and through and plus it'll be get good counter programming too and then the next one six uh six underground is the ryan reynolds netflix movie I think Dave Franco's in it too, and everybody else you will not know who it is. I don't think IMDb even knows who it is. That's how unknown they are. And it's a Michael Bay movie. I thought he had gone away. Apparently not. No, he's still there, slithering around somewhere. <laughs> I wanted. I wish I could be excited, but I haven't been excited for a Michael Bay movie in probably almost twenty years. <laughs> no, that doesn't mean I haven't been. I haven't seen them. It just means I haven't been excited about them. Yeah. So, yeah. So watch that. Uh, since it's at Netflix, you know, you're not giving up any money, just your time. So that's that one. And then the last one, The Good Liar, with Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen playing aging con artist. So looks interesting. Yeah. Give it a whirl. Why not? And uh, what do we got coming up this week? I think you looked... Looked up, uh, is there anything exciting we got coming up this week coming out? I got Gemini Man, uh, Adam's Family. I think that's the two main ones this week. Oh, and uh, it looks like Jexy with uh, Adam Devine where his phone... um, I plan on seeing that. Yeah, that looks cute. It's a comedy where his phone basically is like Siri. he, He forms a relationship with Siri. Not like in the movie Her, but as in Siri gets jealous and then takes revenge more or less, and it's it looks humorous. That that I might reminds go see. me of an episode from the Boondocks. Yes, <laughs> Adam's family. I think one, if not both, kids want to see that. Yeah. So looks like I'll be going to go see that. Um, I still haven't seen Abominable. I think one or both kids want to. It's got like eight, it's like eighty something on Rotten Tomatoes, dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, like I know you. me too. I had this exact same reaction. I go, it's what? All right. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, October fifteenth, Jane Silent Bob uh, reboot. So Ruth and I'll go see that at some point. I think that's oh, just, I think it's just two days, fifteenth and seventeenth. We'll see. We'll yeah. see what we'll have to get back hopefully, hopefully they'll update yeah. that. And then uh, October eighteenth, uh, Zombieland Double Tap. Oh yeah. Um, for whatever reason, a Maleficent sequel. The first one was not needed. Uh, the Lighthouse, which I am extremely looking forward to. It looks creepy as hell. It's directed by the same person that directed The Witch. So, I don't think I saw that. Yeah. And then uh, Jojo Rabbit. So, yay. 
And then I think this is one of your movies. One Piece? Stampede? One of your animated movies? Is that one of yours? No? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you're the anime guy, so not me. So I don't know. And then, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Rest of the month, not a whole, whoops, not a whole lot coming out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to see Jack because I think that's yeah. released by the same studio that did Rambo, Last Blood. Oh, okay. And so those two movies along with, um, I think, 21 Bridges and then Knives Out. Okay. I see those four and get those digital. Oh, okay. There that, you go. That's my digital movie. Gotcha. <laughs> awesome. Block. <laughs> right on. Um, so, let's see here. We got next week and then, yeah, I guess two more weeks will be... Ready to go, and then it'll be almost Halloween time. Um, we're, I am in the process of trying to work out a special Halloween episode with a, with another podcast. So special guest with another podcast. Um, I don't want to say anything yet because we're figuring out logistics. Yeah. Because they live in Jackson, Alabama, so um, it'll be Skype. It'll be more logistics scheduling wise. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna try and work something out there, and so what we could do, if not, we'll still do a special Halloween one. It'll just be us. Maybe I can force Ruth to stay up late and and uh, and join us, and she can put her two cents in. That'd be cool. Or for a whole episode. Um, but until then, um, let's see. Gosh, when we get back, I'll be a year older. Ruth will be a year older. My grandfather will be a year older, so he'll be nine to three. I'll be, you know, older. Older. <laughs> I'll be. I'll still be early forties, and Ruth will just be one year early forties. Um, so yeah. So I guess till then, uh, everybody have a good Columbus. No, Native American. What, what do we call that now? Indigenous uh, Peoples Day. That's what uh, it is. There we go. <laughs> so. All right, everybody enjoy the rock, enjoy your Rocktober, and uh, if, again, if you can make it out to Nashville Film Festival, it's going on through the twelfth. So, yep, check it out. And for me, Jeff Hall, and my awesome co-host Patrick Terry, we will talk to you next time. Peace.